0: Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
1: Cause I'm TNT, I'm
2: dynamite.
3: Welcome to the Andrew K. Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Super excited about today's show. Glad. Got a great lineup of guests here. I also have a huge announcement. A huge announcement, if you will, at the end of the show. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We are coming at you from the AM 1170 KCBQ studios here in beautiful, gorgeous San Diego, California. And joining me in this hour is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks. DJ
0: Carrot Sticks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually, DJ Carrot Sticks is is looking a little bit like a reindeer today. He's he's reindeer carrot sticks today. Doesn't Santa's reindeers eat carrot sticks? I don't know. What do somebody, Yeah, I think you're supposed to leave milk and cookies for Santa and he
0: leaves celery and carrots for the reindeer.
3: Well, there you go. DJ Carrot Sticks giving us a little historical lesson as we get closer to Christmas. And we're actually having our Christmas party here at the station today. So that's going to be lots of fun. We're going to have a white elephant or Yankee swap. Um, I actually like to call it a Yankee swap because anytime uh, we Southerners can get a dig in on the Yankees, I'm all for that. So thanks for joining me. Uh, we are going to be talking about The big story of the day, supposedly, is the Alabama Senate race. Uh, And we are going to keep our eyes on that. I've got a friend of mine, Brian Crabtree. He's a contributor to LifeZet, to Town Hall, to, you know, the Daily Wire. He's also got his own radio show down in Georgia. He's going to be here in a few minutes to talk about that. But, you know, every topic I've got on today's show is really, and the Alabama Senate race is about it, it, Trump is winning. HuffPo had to take an article down off their website because it was about, hey, hate to admit it, but Trump is winning. And that's what they're trying to stop with this Alabama Senate race. And we're going to break that down a little bit, like I said, with Brian Crabtree coming up. But it's astounding to me that Alabama voters are actually even feel like they've got a choice to make in this race. And you want to know why? Because this whole sexual harassment carrot, speaking of carrots, has been dangled out there to the voters to distract them from the real issues that are happening in this country. And as a woman who's been a victim of sexual abuse and sexual harassment in the workplace and beyond, I can tell you that is an issue in our society. But that's not what should be driving the decision in Alabama and the polls and, and, and the and the voters down there. Because, first of all, we're supposed to be – the, the voters should be considering what this country is all about And President Trump's move to put America first, make America great again. And what is fundamental to American greatness? The rule of law, our United States Constitution, allegations. We are not supposed to be guilty until proven innocent. Our country was founded on the notion that our court system was supposed to protect us from such things. We are also, in in terms of the rule of law, our government and, and our founders, they wanted to protect us. National security is the number one role of our government, not social engineering, not deciding, you know, what bathroom people should use or any of the nonsense that's going on right now. Yesterday, we had an Islamic terrorist in the name of ISIS strap a bomb to himself and go into a subway, a man who was brought here as part of the ridiculous immigration policies of this country. This man came here in 2011 as part of Chain Migration. How many years was that? Ten years after 9-11. years after 9-11, and we are bringing random people into this country who share an ideology. We have no way to know. I don't want to hear any more about this vetting. We have no way of knowing when somebody subscribes to the ideology of Islam, if there's somebody who's going to want to be peaceful and coexist with us, which many people say is not even a possibility, or whether or not it's going to be somebody who's going to want to strap a bomb to themselves. And I'm hearing all. And President Trump was elected in part to see to take care of the borders. And that involves the southern border and building a wall and he's and Trump is winning on that issue. It involves wanting to stop people at the economic border and trade deals, Trump is winning there. We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but it also involves the virtual border of bringing people into this country who share an ideology and want to destroy us. And I'm hearing today as Trump goes forward with wanting to implement his policy and his plan of ending chain migration and other ridiculous insane immigration policies that leave Americans subject to be murdered by the by these terrorists. I'm hearing today. Well, they're, they're, that, I even heard from Peter King, not just from liberals, that stopping chain migration won't work. Well, it would have stopped this terrorist attack. Don't tell me it won't work. But let me tell you what will work. Give me one more minute, DJ Carrotsticks, before we go to break. Let me tell you what will work. What will work is what's happened in some other countries. Got a great article uh, from Kevin Jackson was forwarded to me from the from the Black Sphere, and he talks about how the U- European Union is suing co- uh, countries that are refusing to take refugees. But here's what what the benefit is to those countries. First of all, it's an, it's, it's an example of why it was a bad idea for any country to join the European Union. But second of all, the, the countries were the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Poland. They all refused, and uh, the uh, quota that was imposed upon them back in 2015. And here's the results. In Poland, there have been exactly one attack with zero fatalities. The Czech Republic has incurred no Muslim terror t- attacks, and neither is Hungary. And this year alone, in 2017, the world has witnessed over 1,000 terrorist attacks in the name of Islam. Another source involving Muslim terrorist attacks between 2000 and 2017, there were 1,930 Islamic terrorist attacks in 59 countries in which 15,000 people were killed and 13,740 were injured. Why aren't we implementing policies that work? Here's what will work. But nobody has the guts to do it here in this country. Nobody has the guts to be like the Czech Republic and Hungary. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this on the other side. I'm going to talk to Brian Crabtree about what should be mattering, ma- what should matter to the voters in Alabama, what he thinks is going to happen down there. Because he may not be in Alabama, but he's close to it. I'm going to pick his brain uh, a little bit on the, the, uh, this terrorist attack as well. So don't go anywhere. More Andrea Acacia coming up.
4: You're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170
3: The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K show. Glad to have you all here with me today got a huge announcement at the end of the show around the time I, I give out my awards for hero of the week and stink of the week. And I'm going to continue I've got uh, joining me now is Brian Crabtree from the Brian Crabtree show and he's a contributor to townhall.com and all, you know all these different life sets just kind of he's everywhere coming out of the state of Georgia. and I'm, I brought him on today to talk about this race down in Alabama because he may not be in the ALA, but he is close by in the ATL. Hey Brian, welcome back to the Andrew K show.
1: Good to be with you, Andrea.
3: Hey, before I get into talking about that Senate race down there, I want to continue I open the show talking about what I think, you know, uh, the left has done a masterful job with this Alabama race, making it be about him, the politics of personal destruction, and making it be, and now today, the all over, I'm looking at the the TV stations here in the studio, and it's all about Trump and sexual harassment allegations. Nobody's talking today about the terrorist attack that happened, well, the top story today is not the terrorist attack that happened in New York City yesterday, when in the uh, mm. The name of ISIS, some 27-year-old who was brought here in the chain migration plan, uh, attempted to blow up the subway. And I'm hearing Republicans and Democrats, including Republicans now, let that sink in, saying that getting rid of chain migration won't work. Here's what what is working in the Czech Republic and Hungary and, and other countries that refuse to take in any Muslims as part of the refugees. They don't have any terrorist attacks, Brian.
1: Well, no, and, and and once you stop bringing people in, which sort of is like if you're trying to uh, you know fix a hose uh, and it's spewing water or build the train tracks and the train is coming, you, you sort of make mistakes and you sort of get overwhelmed. And that's the analogy that best describes what our immigration and border patrol and our military is dealing with, uh, FBI is dealing with within our country right now, is that we still have them coming in and we're trying to deal with the ones that are here. There's no doubt that 60% of the problem is our borders. 40% of the problem is people that overstay their visas mm-hmm. and, uh, and or have some sort of migration status that's legal at one point uh, or is legal at the time they commit these crimes. All of that contributes to this, and you've got to stop the inflow. Trump's had to fight the last several months to finally, a couple of weeks ago, have a victory on that. That's mm-hmm. not going to stop all of it. We may, have a ta- uh, we may stop all immigration from mm-hmm. anywhere in the Middle East and still have attacks for years but you'll see that, 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 uh, that bell curve decline once you don't have a new population of people coming into the country, it'll vet itself out. I'm convinced of that. Part of it's a technological war. Mm-hmm. We, we are becoming totally inept to deal with a number of our major issues because we get mired up into the diatribes of politics right. and to the discourse of division and disagreement. And the bottom line is, is if you have a problem with a certain group of people, you have to tackle that certain group. Um, in talking about Trump's Diet Coke habit within Ugh. 15 minutes of a major breaking story, as CNN did yesterday, when there was a terrorist attempt uh, or an attack, really, on New York City, is, is asinine. Well, it is. Uh, you, you add you add to that one one final point that now they're talking about sexual harassment by the same idiotic. I mean, I just I look at Jessica Leeds, the older lady, that's saying that Trump grabbed her on a first class flight in 1979. I went around in circles <laughs> investigating that when it was first lodged yeah. against him in October of mm-hmm. last year. There is no way that Trump reached across a first class seat with that console on that aircraft and grabbed Jessica Leeds. It didn't happen. She's a lying democrat mm-hmm. and she's doing this because she dislikes him. And it's for political purposes.
3: Absolutely, and I think the American people saw through this. That's why these kind of allegations didn't work on when he was a Republican primary candidate, and it didn't work after he got the nomination and he was running for office. I mean, it, this this is the Herman Cain strategy, and it didn't work. I'm wondering if it's going to work against more, though, or whether or not you know the it's it's so hard to say because you know none of us can get inside the minds of of the Alabama voters. It looked as though a week or so ago, and if you watch the Frank Frank Luntz, um, what does he call it, his focus group meetings, he was like astounded. He couldn't understand why these Alabama voters were saying they still supported more. And it's because, first of all, the American people, we still respect the rule of law in this country by and large. And that is that we we respect the fact that our our government and, and our justice system involves being innocent until proven guilty. And second of all, you know, we've been around this road before. How many times have we had uh, Republican candidates being Herman Cain, where these women come out and they make all these allegations 20, 30 years later, and then they get what they want, and the candidate drops out of the race, and then we're never heard from them again. And here you've got a situation where 40 years, women supposedly were, were you know, this woman, one woman comes out 40 years later, and she's hysterically crying with Gloria Allred. If you were that upset, how in the world could you have waited for 40 years? And why did you wait until specifically the day mm-hmm. in which the Republican Party could no longer put anybody else on the ticket? And why did you go to Gloria Allred instead of the police department? The American people are kind of fed up with this. And on top of it... Or
1: any any attorney of all yeah. the attorneys a few a couple million of them why that one
3: yeah, and you know, it, and it's troubling to me that when I hear Republicans piling on against Moore, when you got Shelby coming out and saying, "Oh, I I wrote in for the independent. He's a he's a great independent." No, you voted for for Doug Jones when you did that, and I don't know if you saw the statement from Condoleezza Rice, who you know did at least Shelby had the guts to come forward and be public about. You know, well, that he was still not completely honest. that He voted for Jones. I'll put it this way: at least Alabama, uh, Arizona, uh, Flake outright can. Contributed to Jones's campaign instead. Condoleezza Rice, typical and typical Bush lying phony com- liberal in disguise, <laughs> compassionate <laughs> conservatives. She does this we- weasel think. Oh, my Alabama voters, remember to vote for the values we hold dear. Really, well, you know what values I hold dear, Condi. I hold the defense of this country, national security, as my values. Well, I hold innocent well, till proven of- guilty, guilty as my values. I hold national security as my values. Not a man who's who's like Jones, who's open borders, unfair. Abortion up until the birth date.
1: Let me let me do three points out of what you just said. All of which I agree with. First of all, Herman Cain. I'm a big fan of his, but he gave up. Yes, Um, he gave up. He got accusations lodged against him. He gave up. And what he didn't see was the dip curve that happened with Trump. Allegations come out, true or not, the decline in polls happens and then immediately it rebounds back to where it was after it all processed. That's how it works. Republicans have never uh, been willing to stand in there and fight. And that's one of the reasons we're losing our way in this country. That's point number one. Trump stuck in there. And he saw his numbers come back up, and then he saw the voters get ticked off that all of this was being thrown at them, and we're being told what to care about it as a a group of people. Like, we need the moral police of our country to step in. Now, the greater theme here is one of the big battles we need to fight in this country is the way men apparently treat women. Uh, In the workplace and in, in, in very inappropriate ways, I believe it's an epidemic problem that some men are just scumbags, not all men, but some. And we're seeing that play out. So that's a huge battle. But let me give everybody a newsflash. If we die on the stake fighting that battle, that battle we lose and we lose every other battle, including the war. For the sovereignty and the future of our country as a moral leader in the world and with as many problems as we have, and it's many, we still are a beacon, a shining beacon on the hill of liberty, of freedom, of humanitarianism, of all of those things. We're doing a lot better than most of the people in the world, and we should be doing even better. When you start talking about that proposition, that's why Alabama voters—that you could call them simpletons, you can call them Christians, you can call them whatever—I grew up around the likes of Alabama voters in Middle Tennessee, not far from Alabama, and they're worried about the future of this country and the future and the way we leave it for our children. And voting for a guy like Doug Jones, who is going to. Pelosi-Schumer politics and undermine the sovereignty and integrity of our Constitution and this nation is a far better tragedy than what Moore might or might not have done as a scumbag 40 years ago.
3: Right, and and I want to chime in on that as well because this is it a is is it a problem in the workplace and for women and sexual harassment? All the, yes, and I and I've been and I've been vocal about that. And let me tell you the the um, corporate America was on board in terms of dealing with that issue for for a long time now. They've had processes and procedures in place, but not everything rises to the level of sexual harassment. You enter into a pageant, a beauty pageant, and the owner of the beauty the owner you don't like the fact that the owner of the beauty pageant gave you a look up and down, honey. That's what you signed up for. You know every every glance that you don't like now is considered sexual harassment. Yeah. We, we women, are, women are being used and being turned into so, snowflakes who have to have a safe place unless every man around them <laughs> kowtows <laughs> to their list of appropriate behavior and appropriate comments. Yeah. And we, the women I worked with, um, some of which were from Alabama, in the workplace were like, I know what, to, what sexual harassment is and what it isn't. And we're really resentful that we're being used as a way to push for politics. And oh, by the way, it's not the government's role. If that's a problem in America. Since when is that the government's role, Brian, to solve that problem? If you've got a claim, ladies, take it to the take if you've got a criminal claim, take it to the court system. Take it to the police department, not Gloria Allred. Don't ta- don't and don't expect DC to be handling that. Since when is that the role of government?
1: Well, what you just said is really important. That's why the majority of white women voted for Trump. I mean, look at what Megyn Kelly had on recycling it and rinse and repeat yesterday on her show today on NBC. She had a lady who says Trump kissed her inappropriately. Well, big deal. A lady that says he looked me up and down when I was in a beauty pageant in the dressing room. He owned the beauty pageant. And a lady who says that he groped me over the console of an aircraft. There's no way he could bend his arm that way to do it unless... The console was removed, and the console of that aircraft that the two of them flew on in 1979 did not raise up like consoles in the center do today. So you had to bend your arm not only at the elbow but in the center of your forearm and your wrist to get to what she says he did. This is th- those three ladies are the prominent accusers of Trump. Now mm-hmm. let me let me be realistic. I know Trump likely has treated women as objects, has been a womanizer throughout his life. He's been married three times. I'm not judging him for that. I, I know that he loves beautiful ladies, and he's probably said things, we've heard it on tape, that are highly inappropriate. But that doesn't make him any less of a patriot, any less of a president, or any less American than every other sinner, including me, in the United States. Well, we all uh, yeah. are flawed, and we can all find flaw in somebody else and project it on the screen and find five other people who agree with it. And by the time we get finished with this, there'll be no one left to do anything in our country because we're going to wake up and realize what we learn in church every week. We're all sinners and we're all flawed. Let's get over it and get stuff done for the American people. That's what we need to be doing. But the media is playing all of us, including women right now in a big Mm -hmm. way, as fools. We're pawns in their game.
3: Well, well, yeah, and I resent it, and I know a lot of women that that do resent it, and particularly given the obvious hypocrisy of a left that didn't care about Ted Kennedy and and you know Bill Clinton and Ted Kennedy get continue to get reelected and was considered oh the lion of the Senate as though he was the moral you know voice of America and that entire Kennedy family with their Camelot crap. If I hear one more thing about those people, it just makes me want to jab myself in the eyeball with a pin. I mean, is there anybody more morally bankrupt than that Kennedy family? I I mean, come on! There was the one Kennedy uh, who, who um, the one who ended up dying in a ski accident, who was married to Frank Gifford's daughter. Well, he got caught having an affair with what the fourteen-year-old babysitter. I mean, enough of the hypocrisy from the left. And you know, it, it the, the voters need. Uh, it, it, it is tricky when it comes to Congress, though, because if somebody gets elected and then there's allegations, what do you do? It's not like corporate America, to where I believe in at will employment and a corporation can fire somebody. I think in this case with Congress, you know, there's there. There's been no proof against Moore, so I don't even want to hear about any ethics committee investigations going down the road. I think I think when it comes to elected officials, when there's photographic evidence like Franken, when there's taxpayer monies that had been used to pay out settlements, um, that is cooperation. Those people need to go. I don't want to hear that if Moore wins today, that now he's going to be subject to congressional investigations because we see the value of that and what and what's going on with the Mueller investigation. So you know, uh, well, last- I would
1: I would I would say this about it. here's how i've learned how to filter all of these sexual claims it may be wrong it may be right if you were an adult when it happened and you didn't come out in the first five years i don't want to hear about it if you were a child when it happened and you haven't come out in 10 years i don't want to I'm not going to factor it into my decision of the person you're accusing now let's face it harvey weinstein only happened in the last five years there was Uh, nonstop, certainly a scumbag, certainly deserves everything he gets. But let's face it, you're telling me something that happened to you 5, 10, 15 plus years ago? There's a reason you didn't come out. There was a personal agenda for why you didn't tell, and there might have been a personal agenda for why it happened in the first place, including cozying up to someone. There's this claim Renee Zellweger did uh, sexual favors for Weinstein in exchange for four movies that she was in. She vehemently denies it. How in the world are we supposed to know what's true and what's not, when we know that plenty of women who say yes to people like Weinstein, Matt Lauer, etc., and there are plenty of women, unfortunately, who have to say no. I don't want to be the judge of these people. Let that happen when they go to the pearly gates. In the meantime, when it comes to politics, I'm going to judge you based on your policies and your record, because if I start playing God and judging everybody before me based on claims of the political agendas against them, I'll never be able to vote for anyone. So I'm going to judge policy, and I'm going to judge track record in policy, and I'm going to leave the moral self-aggrandizement to my Lord and Savior.
3: All right. Well, i got to leave it there. What a great way to leave it. Brian Crabtree, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it.
1: Great to be with
3: you. All right. Now, we're going to take a—I'm over my—so we're going to take a real skinny little quick little break. and we come back, we're going to talk to a filmmaker. Speaking of Trump winning and interesting campaigns and how the fact that Trump faced all of this stuff back when he was running uh, for office and he won anyway. I've got filmmaker Joel Gilbert, who brought you Dreams from My Real Father, who's got a movie coming out all about Trump and the art of the insult. More of the Andrea K. show coming up.
4: Want more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
6: You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170,
4: The Answer.
3: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I've got to say hi to everybody who's in uh, Facebook Live right now. Great comments, by the way, uh, in regards to the Alabama uh, election today and the, the terrorist attack. Uh, C.V. Burton says, Governor Cuomo never addressed the direct cause as to why our enemies are even here in the first place. All he says is it won't change how we conduct our lives. What? I mean, that that just can, that's just for the purpose of, that's like the mayor of London who said, you know, this is just part and parcel of life in the big city. They want us just to accept this as the status quo. They want to tell us that there is no solution to the problem and that we're just supposed to accept it, which, of course, you and I know that we don't have to do that. Um, And then uh, other comments here about my announcement. Announcement at the end of the show. Joining me now, speaking of shows, is Joel Gilbert. Filmmaker uh, has brought to you quite a few films, including Dreams. from My real father has a new movie coming out uh, called The Art of the Insult, and I think y'all all remember today's today's show was about Trump winning as well as attempts to stop him from continuing to win. Nobody thought when President Trump, now President Trump, came down to escalators and in with Trump Tower, nobody thought he had a shot. Go well, one week going into the election, CNN was posting that Hillary had a, what a ninety three percent chance of winning. Who was it who says, which chump on the stump said that, Trump, you can't insult your way into the presidency? Well, he did. And joining me now to talk about all that is Joel Gilbert. Hey, Joel, welcome to the show.
7: Hi, thanks for having me today. How are you?
3: I'm great, thanks. And I am just loving that right now, when everybody's hand-wringing, you've got CNN that had to come out with, a, with an article and admit all the different ways that President Trump is winning and different policies from moving the you know um, embassy, plans to move the embassy, to what he's doing with the economy and uh, the Supreme Court, just a lot of different ways he's winning. Even Huffington Post had an article yesterday saying, you know, Trump is winning. We hate to admit it. So they got to stop him from winning because they didn't think that he had a chance In the first place, how in the world, tell us about The Art of the Insult and what it is and how he was able to use that to win.
7: Okay, well, The Art of the Insult, and by the way, anyone, you can see the trailer, which is just hilarious, and and buy the DVD at artoftheinsult.com. And uh, the art of the insult really is the skill of branding political opponents, which Trump delivered through performance art. He would go to these Trumpapalooza stops, he flies the <laughs> airplane into uh, you know, airplane hangar three or four times a day to twenty, thirty thousand people. And he would put on these uh, you know brilliant performances where he would mock the media, mock his opponents, uh, try out really comedy routines. People would be laughing and uh, he just destroyed his opponents one by one. By branding them, for instance, Jeb Bush, $120 million in his campaign of uh, coffers, uh, packs, super packs, everything. And he came up with two words, low energy, low mm-hmm. energy. It was over. Mm-hmm. So he went after everybody. It was often sophomoric, and sometimes it was brutal. But all they did in response is complain that Trump wasn't nice enough to beat Hillary. And, uh, let's, uh, let,
3: excuse yeah. me for Let's recall some of the classic, some of the sure. gems. And I'm particularly loving this because so many people, and one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show today is because I wanted to remember people, I wanted to remind people of some of the greatness that is Trump, that he is not this crazy, insane man, but he's actually very calculated. He's very strategic and it's super fun. And in the middle of all the negative stuff, I wanted people to, to be a little lighthearted today and appreciate him. Let's sure. recall little marco
7: yeah little marco also said that uh, marco had the largest ears he's ever seen that were protecting him <laughs> from sweating too much
3: <laughs> and then uh, there was lion ted of course
7: lion ted and you can throw in the tweets uh, of course he sent a, he retweeted a picture of his beautiful wife melania next to a picture of heidi cruz looking very tired <laughs> and that completely unnerved ted cruz he just you know fell apart after that and also of course uh tweeting the uh, National Enquirer's uh, cover story that his father was hanging out with Lee Harvey Oswald. And uh, Ted Cruz handled that very poorly as well. Instead of laughing these things off, he took it real seriously, and that tended to unnerve him as well.
3: Yeah, there was, and then, of course, my favorite of all, Crooked Hillary.
7: Crooked Hillary Clinton. She's been crooked from the beginning. So he took her uh, all the way through the end of the campaign with that. He's still using Crooked Hillary to this day. Uh, Some of the other gems, of course, Carly Fiorina, he said, you know, look at that face. Do we want that face (laughs) as our president? And some of these, he didn't really come out with all of them. Sometimes it was a counterattack. He didn't go after Rick Perry. Until Rick Perry attacked him viciously and said that uh, Trump was a cancer on conservatism. Mm -hmm. He had to be excised. So Trump came out and said, uh, look, uh, Rick Perry uh, should be required to take an IQ test before he goes up on the debate stage because uh, he put on these glasses, but it didn't help. You can see through the glasses. (laughs) Uh, So that was a good one. Uh, John Kasich, of course, he called him one for 41, meaning he only (laughs) won one one primary but refused to exit the race and also made fun of his this thing Eating habits, how he'd always be stuffing his face at press conferences.
3: Well, you know, it's it's funny, but I, and I and I think it's it's important to always take time to have a laugh and be lighthearted. Um, but what I loved about it was that it was strategic, and it was really important to me to see a Republican come out in a way that was brash, that was bold, that was outside the lines. I mean, for how many years? And I don't even know where you stand politically, but I got to tell you, I was so sick and tired, and and I think the voter were too uh, they didn't vote for him in spite of the fact that he was insulting in spite of the fact of that he was nasty at times they did it because of it because they were the, the voters have been looking at too many mitt romneys bringing a spork from kfc to a fight where where the democrats are showing up with uzis and to me that's why it was really uh, that's what why i enjoyed seeing it why do you think it's important for people to understand what he did and the branding of it
7: well, uh, yeah, you're correct. There's no question that people saw fighter from the get go. You know, Megan Kelly said, uh, "You know, Donald Trump, you've uh, you're calling women disgusting animals, fat pigs, and and slobs." And he said, "Only Rosie O'Donnell." And the audience just laughed and laughed. And not soon after that, the next one that got a lot of play was when uh, Jorge Ramos from Univision kept interrupting him at a press conference. And he said, go back to Univision, which uh, he didn't apologize for afterwards. So mm-hmm. you could argue right there, you know, it, it was over. He, he had captured the hearts of, of the public. Uh, and as a little background, people don't really remember that Trump was not really as much of a real estate guy when he ran for president as he was an entertainment and marketing guy. They forget right. that he was in professional boxing promotion, pro wrestling. He owned a pro football team, USFL. Miss Universe promoter. He owned Miss America, The Apprentice. So he had seen and done it all when it came to marketing and hype. Mm-hmm. And he knew how to manipulate the media and control the narrative with very, very simple concepts. So that's what he was doing the whole time. And uh, they just played in He'd go to these uh, rallies and these protests would show up like, oh, yeah, we're going to stop Trump. We're going to make him look bad. And as soon as they started screaming, he would smile and he'd point Mm -hmm. over to them. And that's the whole reason the media showed up. So uh, they delivered $2 billion worth of free uh, earned media Mm -hmm. because he was able to use these very simple Branding techniques, mm-hmm. uh, which he's continuing today as, as president. By the way, you still see him in office. You know, mm-hmm. Kim Jong Un is Rocket Man. Yeah. Uh, Senator Jeff Flake from Florida calls him Flake Jeff Flake. Uh, Al Frankenstein.
3: Yeah.
7: Uh, crying okay. Chuck Schumer. Psycho Pocahontas. Joe. Yeah. Psycho Joe Scarborough. So it's a, it's a very uh, clever way to to brand and isolate your opponents. I got an email from somebody that saw my film. They said now Solalinsky works for us.
3: Exactly. This is the first we finally saw a Republican come out and use the beat the left at their own game. They and they tried the, even the Republicans going up against him as well as the Democrats. They tried to bully him down to beat him down. That's why Meg- Megyn Kelly came out right out the gate trying to hit him over the head with the with the bully stick and try to shame the shame game. And he just had no. There was no shame in his game. He's like, "What else you got, Gal? You know, no. Yeah, there, were,
7: there were no apologies, and they're still trying it, even though they failed miserably. They they trotted out these women that." you're seeing on tv every week claiming uh this this one horrible woman Miss uh she's actually in my film she claimed that she was sitting in first class with donald trump he started kissing her all over his face that was the story about mm-hmm. six months ago hey okay, now the story is he also groped her and yeah. also put his hands under her skirt and you know trump said in my film you'll see him uh in a snippet he said uh she would not be my first choice believe me
3: <laughs> how can people see the film joel before i gotta let you go
7: Sure. It's, uh, go to artoftheinsult.com and check out the trailer. You can buy the DVD. We're shipping every day for Christmas. The street date is only in the uh, end of January, right around the State of the Union. You'll get it on streaming, Amazon, everything, but you can get it just now from artoftheinsult.com.
3: All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. I think this is important for, for people, especially those who are starting to I, – I, I think Trump still has a, his his base supporting him, but he faces two opposition parties, and the Republican Party now have a blueprint on how to win, okay? And they need to, they need to embrace it instead of continuing to fight against Trump and everything that he stands for, including his style and his methods. So, Joel Gilbert, thank you so much for your work, and thank you for being here. Thanks again. All right. So we're going to take a skinny little break, and we come back. We've got the man here to talk. We're going to be talking more about Trump winning. He's winning in many areas, but is he going to win with his tax plan? He's going to get that pass. We're going to talk to the man, the OG of taxes. Al is going to be here. And I may have the man himself, Benjamin Netanyahu here. So don't go anyway. More Andrea Kay Show coming up.
4: Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
5: Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows. And through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home.
4: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
3: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you here with me. We're going to talk a little bit more about Trump winning... We're going to see, uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to go to my man, Al, the OG of taxes, to see if he thinks that Trump's tax plan is a winning strategy. Um, you know, HuffPo, as well as CNN, I mean, CNN's gotten busted for so much fake news, they had to, you know, they had to kind of rehabilitate themselves. So they came out with an article a- yesterday, actually, it was talking about how Trump is a rare politician who actually uh, does uh, the unfathomable, they say here, that's a quote, A town, and, uh, he does the unfathomable in a town of broken promises, he's actually delivering in um, especially crucial, uh, it says, since um, at at this time. And one of which, one of the mentions here, one of the uh, items that they mention as a win for him, and particularly is not only a win for him politically, but it's a campaign promise fulfilled, is that he declared Jerusalem as the capital of Israel which, you know, it should be a given, right, since it kind of has been for 3,000 years. Um, but then also his declaration that he's going to move the embassy uh, to Jerusalem, which, you know, this has been a promise that has been made by a few in the past, and then they failed to deliver. Trump is actually in the process of delivering this. And the people of Israel, you know, Trump was criticized because, of course, what, you know, what does the 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 religion of perpetual, you know, outrage do? They threatened, you know, days of, of rage, just like the left here with their Antifa and being ALM always goes out with days of rage. This was an absolutely critical message of love, faith, and fellowship to our greatest ally, the people of Jerusalem. And joining me now to give his perspective on this is none other than my longest living crush, Benjamin Nanyahu. BB, welcome back to Hello. the Andrea K Show. I'm for verklempt.
8: Uh, it, 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 there's no need to feel proclaimed. Uh, first of all, Andre, thank you so much for having me on your show. What, what a graceful answer. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm I'm flattered that uh, you, you refer to me as a, as a crush.
3: You're my I'm longest living I crush. And let it be said, Bibi, forever, that there would never be a claim of any wrongdoing against you if you ever decided to, you know, plant a big one on, on my lips.
8: There, I said it. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to know. Just don't tell my wife. That. But, uh, no, honestly, it's, uh, I, I do appreciate it. And uh, I, I feel nothing but uh, love and affection towards you. I know you're one of my biggest supporters. Yes. And uh, any time there's an opportunity, as you know, we're about to ring in uh, Hanukkah, you know, the Festival of Lights. And, mm-hmm you talk about an amazing miracle i mean we're all talking about uh, jerusalem everyone knows that it has been the eternal capital of the jewish people israel for mm-hmm. 3 years and counting mm-hmm. so you know to have this modern day miracle where you have president trump who actually not only does he recognize that Israel that Jerusalem is the capital of the Israel willing to also move mm-hmm. the embassy the US mm-hmm. embassy to Jerusalem that is a uh it's unprecedented. I mean, again, and it's necessary. Uh,
3: again. And, and the Palestinians yeah. are saying, well, wait a second. That's our capital of future Palestine. Well, that's called stealing. You don't go to a car dealership and say, hey, you know, don't sell that Mercedes right there because I intend to somewhere down the road, you know, to to claim ownership to it. No, 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 no. Um, I've only got about uh, about another minute with you. My great one. Yes. Please tell everyone. Um, happy Hanukkah, by the way. Please tell everyone yes. why it is important, because, yes. you know, we we Christians and Jews know that that's. In the capital of israel why is this so important i think it's important because i do think it sends not just an an important message from america to israel but also to our enemies in the war on terror we had a terrorist attack in new york city yesterday unfortunately yes and you know this is an ideology uh that you know that has claimed you know you and israel are surrounded by various states that claim that they want to wipe israel and the united states off the map and to me this sent a very important message to those enemies
8: well, it, it did, but it's also a constant reminder that we have to deal with this with Islamic terrorism. That mm-hmm. We're talking about, if you look in the, the Old Testament, you look at how many times Jerusalem is mentioned, and Israel, it's it's fascinating. And, and for people who are not familiar with it, uh, understand this, that Jews pray, we pray towards Jerusalem. If you're abroad in the diaspora, you're praying east, you're always praying towards Jerusalem. When Muslims pray they're not facing them in fact they're facing mecca and medina
7: mm-hmm.
8: so there's a little bit of irony that they they, they uh, want a so-called palestinian state with jerusalem at its capital but there's no mere mention mm-hmm. of jerusalem in their book uh, unlike the old testament so you know when you put things together like that it's really about educating people letting them know and you cannot feed this narrative that, uh, well, let's just share a capital. It doesn't right. work that way. Is no, the United States going to share Washington, D.C. with Mexico? I, I don't believe so. Well, that, if, the be would, if the left had their way, they would, uh, Bibi.
3: If the left had their way, they would. Bibi. thank you so much for being here. I wish I had more time with you. Um, thank My you. Pleasure. Thank and you so much for being a friend here. My Andrew. pleasure.
8: hug Samer, uh, to everyone. I have a happy and safe Hanukkah to everyone abroad and in uh, in Israel as well. Thank you so much.
3: Oh, thank you. Now, of course, Andrew Keisho, listeners, you know that was not actually Benjamin Netanyahu. That was my buddy, Phil Hirsch, was an amazing impersonator. I got to come clean. The longtime listeners know uh, that Phil is the greatest impersonator of Benjamin Netanyahu. And um, a real close second to being the man. Phil, thanks for being here. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
3: (laughs) All right, honey. We'll have to have you back. Uh, Got to leave it there, sweetie. Thanks so much for calling in. You got it. All right. All right. So, Al, another smooth, another great one. Um, that was a, that was a win for President Trump politically. I think an important statement in the war on terror w- which we face. Uh, there, he's got uh, he's done great work on the Trans-Pacific Partnership and other. You know, he's going to be you know pulling out of the Iran deal. He didn't certify that. These are some of the wins that CNN outlined. Um, he's starting. There's prototypes being built at the border, so he's going to be fulfilling the campaign promise there wins? CNN outlined wins. So did HuffPo. Oh,
2: that's a new one.
3: I know what is left, though. What is left is a couple of big legislative achievements. One of which is tax reform. And there was a, an interesting article that I can't remember where I saw that said that the, the, the phenomenon in Washington is this: that the longer something sits out there in terms of a piece of legislation and doesn't get passed, it starts to grow barnacles. And you know, there's and there's many people who are saying, you know, we got to push this through. It's got to get pushed through. But the the author of that. article said wait a second it's being pushed through uh, too quickly because if you look back at the last true tax reform that we had under under President Reagan, it took many, many, many debates on the floor and back and forth and di- and different uh, forms of the legislation before it was finally passed. And this is about ideology right now instead of real legislation, and that's something I think you've pointed out before um, that you know it is something that's going to be complicated and it's going to need some time. Do you still agree that, the, or do you think that enough time has passed and they need to just push something? Through.
2: Well, first of all, I don't agree. I, I have a cold, so I don't sound.
3: You're not like quite Al. the OG, OG yeah, yeah. today. <laughs> maybe I maybe I should pose the questions over there to DJ Sticks. He does a good owl Anyway, go on.
2: Well, I don't agree that this is tax reform. Mm-hmm. This is tax legislation, but not reform. So you
3: don't think taking away state and local tax deductions, which has been on the books like hundred years, isn't reform?
2: Tax reform. We're not going to get the tax code of 2017 like we have the internal revenue code of
3: 1986
2: okay and its predecessor the internal revenue code of
3: 1954
2: okay so we're not going to get a new code right we're going to get modifications of the code it's not tax reform of the type that was achieved in 1986 right so of course it's a it's tremendous in its uh, effect mm-hmm. on the overall economy, and its projected effect by everybody except the <laughs> the ones who grade the legislation. Right. It's the tell me what it is the the uh, government board. You know, about the CBO, CBO, the CBO
3: that said that Obamacare I went, I went that was going to actually save money. I mean, who trusts the CBO? I mean, come on They're, The CBO is no, as no. trustworthy as the FBI. Congress lo-
2: Congress has to deal with the CBO. Why do and they have so- to? Apparently, it's a rule. I,
3: well, I don't think so. I, I think that the, the I think that Congress wants to. I think in the Republican Party, I think they're disappointed. They've got the White House and both houses of Congress because now they're expected to actually do something. I think they would like to hide behind the CBO. I mean, all, now we've got all these deficit hawks concerned about how the CBO is going to score something when they sat back and let President Obama well, run up the putting, deficit to the tune of how many trillions of dollars. They start
2: by putting a ceiling that they didn't have to put. Exactly. So. You know, it, it's Congress.
3: So, the, so now it's like all about the minutia. You know, the latest we've got all these wildfires going on in California, which has been absolutely devastating. I didn't sleep for about three nights last week because I had family with with a house kind of in the area up uh, up around L.A.
2: Mine no too, up in somewhere.
3: Yeah, uh, mine was by the Rye Creek. I mean, it's just been absolutely devastating. Um, people are upset today because um, I, I think the house has zero deductions for people getting. Um, if if they've lost their property due to a natural disaster, I think the Senate bill has half. And, you know, I got to tell you, I've been on record after, even after Katrina saying, I'm not really sure. I understand why if somebody loses their property because of a natural disaster, they are, they have been harmed more than somebody whose home burns for some other, you know, if, if my home burns by itself in my neighborhood, I get no tax relief. But if my home is one of 50 that burns, then suddenly I, I, I get, that doesn't even make sense to me. So well, I, I
2: medical expenses. I mean, look, there's winners and losers in every set of uh, tax rules. Mm-hmm. It's it's just how it is. Well, and that's so, not how it true and so you're right. True tax reform would not have that. Huge states. Right. Like New York, New, uh, California mm-hmm. and other states like uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is a very high tax state. Mhm. And they're on the liberal side in terms of the commentary I've been seeing. Mm -hmm. So they fall in the category of high tax state. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really hard to understand how these things get uh, expressed politically.
3: Well, it's because the Republican Party has been dragged so far left that when you have people like Susan Collins arguing that taxpayers... Right now, by the way, a she Give me a break. Ta- she's she, just
2: a loser. She
3: is. Well, she's a far left loon. I mean, right now, Planned Parenthood is finally being investigated for being caught on video negotiating the sale of, of human parts, which is illegal. And she's still wanting, not only is, is she supporting Planned Parenthood, she wants me to pay for it and others with taxpayer funds. And she wants that to be included in, in the tax bill. It's like that... That's insanity. And that's what Trump faces. He faces two opposition parties that are that are both really too far left. And that includes and that's and I blame a lot of that on the Bush administration, who was considered to be this far you know, right conservative and all his compassionate conservatism was just big government, big spending liberalism. So we're I don't I think you're right. I don't think we're ever going to get true reform. But it, but I still think uh, it's we gonna, can get
2: true reform, but we're not going to get it this time.
3: Right. And 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 Rand Paul says, you know what, that's OK. If we can step into it, he's one of the people says, let's just get let's get this going. And then we can refine it over time, because whether we end up with a corporate reduction from from 35 percent down to 22 or whether it's 35 percent down to 20, you know, it's still a win for the American economy, which for the first time in how many years now is over three percent growth. The
2: devil is in the detail. Well, so if they put, they leave in the alternative minimum tax, this is not good. And it's not simplification. And this law is not simplification, period. It's more complication.
3: Well, it depends on what you think the goal is. The, the, to the average American, they're more interested in paying less taxes at the end of the year. And w- it, the Republican Party, I think, is starting to do a better job of selling it under that situation by saying, at the end of the day, businesses are going to pay less, and the and the average American middle-class family is going to pay less. And I think if they, if they can accomplish that, however, and i got to leave it here, however the minutiae ends up being, whether in terms of this deduction or that deduction, it if at the end everybody... He pays less, I think that will be another win for President Trump. Who and you, and you look at his unemployment numbers right now, I think in the month of November there was 40,000 new manufacturing jobs. So much winning for President Trump. and And I'm a winner because you came in today and I'm glad you're here because I have a huge announcement to make in a minute. Before I get to that... Um, I got to get into my hero of the week and stink of the week. Now, my stink of the week, um, you know, to me, you know, we've got Alabama getting going on right now, but it's Lindsey Vonn. She was so stinky because this is a woman who was so celebrated as an Olympic athlete. People loved her. She came out and said that, if you know, when she went to the Olympics, she was going to represent America, but not President Trump. And then her stench got so bad, it caused her, I guess, to fall on a mountain. And now she may not even make the Olympic team. Okay, but, you know, don't be disrespectful you know, the, a country that you're supposed to be supporting. So she was pretty stinky to me. But even stinkier, because I always kind of like my hero of the week or my stink of the week to kind of maybe be outside the beltway. I thought my hero of the week was going to be this family with this little boy, Keaton. Have you been following that story? DJ Carrot Sticks, this little boy. Mom posted a video of him on Twitter crying because he's been bullied at school over his nose, which I didn't see anything wrong with his nose. I don't even know what that's about. Crying. So everybody jumped in, all these celebrities, all these football heroes. And you know, everybody, uh, GoFundMe account was immediately set up, lots of money. Then come to find out, I guess the mom is some racist using the N-word all over the place. And it just becomes uh, her GoFundMe account was seen Keaton is an innocent victim here because he didn't videotape himself and have his suffering be put out to the world. But that's pretty stinky if we've got, you know, a parent who's a racist on top of it, who used social media to try to be a hero and used her kid and exploited him. So maybe I don't have a hero of the week. Maybe I got a couple of stink. No, you know what? I'm going to make my hero of the week. I'm going to make my hero of the week, the Alabama voter who decides to tell all these celebrities and all these in the media who they should vote for, that the Alabama voter that gives a thumb to them and goes and votes for for Roy Moore today, I'm going to make them my heroes of the week. Now it's time for my announcement. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. This is truly, I'm hoping y'all are going to see this as big of a deal as I do. But finally, after how many years of The Andrea K Show being on weekly, The Andrea K Show is going daily here in San Diego. I am going to be AM 1170's daily drive-by queen here from 6 to 7 p.m. It's actually going to be a live show. I'm going to be taking callers. So much fun. I'm going to have so much more time each week to spend with you all doing the stories that you love. This is only coming after years of, I don't want to get all emotional and cry, but I'm glad Al is here today for me to make my announcement because I wouldn't be here today. Al and I have been doing radio together since, I think, 2009. Right? Since 2009, we've been doing radio together. And I am finally going daily. It's a dream come true for me. And I can't think of a better station to do it with. I love everybody here at AM 1170, especially DJ Carrot Sticks, who's coming with me live at night to produce the show for me. Everybody here, say hey.
2: Very exciting.
3: Very exciting. We're going to have so much fun uh, putting the show together. It starts January 1. So look for more details on that. And I got to thank you to everybody. All my Facebook and Twitter friends out there who've been supporting the show for years. You all know who you are. Too many for me to name here. Um, But it's really been the support of all of you out there and everybody here at the station and all my friends and my partners in the show from Al and Julie and Rod, who is sick. Um, But everybody who's been, Della B, who's going to be back on the show with me coming soon. But thank you to everybody out there for supporting me because I've got a dream come true and it's really because of all you. So stay tuned for details. And that's it. AK signing out. Have a great week, everybody. Love you all.